here in Ireland, everybody remembers Daniel Tomofte, and it's in my DNA, it's in his DNA. And I don't mind people talking about it, to be honest, as a good memory. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. This is News Talk. Now then, welcome along. Wednesday evening, coming at you here and Off The Ball. We have Aussie Gleeson this hour, reflecting on an up-and-down Jekyll and Hyde-type season for Waterford Hurling. Wednesday night rugby, Fiona Hayes and Gordon Darcy on the way after 8 o'clock. Argentina, it's do or die. They need a win really this evening against Poland. Two minutes into the game, Marcelo Mora Irahu is watching that game. She'll be along on the football show. Kevin Kilban allegedly will be with us after nine live. But you know yourself, it's Kev. There's every chance he just won't answer. 53106, the text number. We're out off the ball on Twitter. Michael, hello. Oh, ye of little faith, Joe. We'll see. Last time he answered in a metro station, it yeah. was borderline unusable. I got used to it, I would say, <laughs> as did the listener. But uh, now, uh, very reliable in the World Cup so far. It's early in the World Cup, though. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just not holding that much hope no. here. If, you've, if you tune in at 10 past nine and me and Joe are talking about the Argentina match that's just happened, then you'll know. I will be talking to 10 past nine about Kevin Colban if he's not on the line <laughs> at length. His top 10 secrets revealed after nine. That's my plan. Richie McCormick always answers, of course. Hello. Oh, oh. That's a joke. Surely a joke. This is actually... Pete? You're messing. Richie? You're messing, Pete. Richie, it's not funny if you are there. Hello? <laughs> it is a little bit funny if okay. he's there, but... Couldn't make I don't think up. he is. I don't think he is. We'll get Richie. Wow, that, mean, that was almost planned. It's going well. So far, Joe. Australia won Denmark nil. The story of the World Cup this afternoon. Tunisia beating uh, second string France, it must be said, but still famous victory for Tunisia. And so for the second time in their history, Australia through to the knockout stages. Denmark uh, wilting under the pressure. It was an Australian bodies on the line type performance. Denmark panicked as... 90 minutes loomed and Australia go through amazing scenes I don't know if you've seen them in yeah, Melbourne incredible no actually I haven't seen oh, the yeah. scenes in Australia fireworks yeah. brilliant Je suis un baguette has nothing on what's going on <laughs> Je suis un baguette I was wondering how long it would take for that to come <laughs> up for the show an amazing uh, Irish moment at this World Cup we've you know, very well there. not being yeah. there yeah we've had Roy Keane and Je suis un baguette uh, representing and Robbie Keane on BN Sports of course uh, arguing with a panda yes who says we can't teach languages in, our, in this uh, country I mean look at that <laughs> exactly exactly the Melbourne thing, I, I do scan the Australian paper sometimes, Joe, just in case there's a story out there, you know, and I just saw yesterday, I happened to see that, uh, you know, there was a call from their captain that, like, you know, this was a 2 a.m. start time in the kind of the main population centres, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, etc. So it wasn't the easiest, uh, it wasn't the easiest game for the Aussies to watch. But there was a kind of a set, like, you know, this will, this it'll make you feel even more part of it if you join in and, you know, get up at two o'clock in the morning. Even if you fall asleep, you might wake up to a celebrating on the pitch. Mm. And I did think of that when I watched them celebrating on the pitch, that there is, that is a kind of a cool thing to have a sort of a, a real true middle of the night World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> you know, true. Um, there's definitely something that brings people together in that regard, I think. Richie, we're told you're there now, hello. Yeah, how are you, Joe? You well? Did you hear us the first time? 
Absolutely not. No, uh, there was connection issues at your end. I was getting literally like no signal from y'all. So we don't want to get into the boring end of things. We won't. I kid you not. We were just speculating on Kevin Caban not answering after nine as is his want. <laughs> and my throw to you was Richie McCormick always answers. Hello, Richie. <laughs> and it turns out I don't. Yeah. There so you were you very taken with Australia this afternoon? Uh, I, to be honest with you, Joe, I like in, I, I'm always caught between two stills here, as a lot of people are with the final games in the groups because they're on the same time. And I took it upon myself to watch uh, Tunisia and France because I wanted to see where the rest of this France squad was, really. And I kind of had an inkling that Tunisia might do something. And they were, God, they were at it from minute one, fully deserving of their victory, probably deserved a little bit more as well. Uh, and France had that chance uh, at the end. It, it I can't read too much into the French result, if I'm being honest, because it was such a changed team. There were nine alterations from their previous game, and you're talking about a lot of combinations that probably haven't played before together, probably won't play again in future in the tournament. Different goalkeeper and Steve Mandanda and everything. Um, so it, it, it's not necessarily worrying for France, but I don't think they'll... Uh, it'll be certainly a wake-up call, I guess, going into the last 16, that the, nothing can be taken for granted, no matter who the opposition is, uh, particularly if they happen to come up against uh, someone like... I don't know, uh, Saudi Arabia, depending on tonight's results. Yeah. From Tunisia's point of view, though, I wouldn't take anything away from them, given that we've spent six years talking about us beating a second-string Italian team in Euro 2016. It is still <laughs> an amazing... You know, you know, all joking aside, though, it was class. There was an amazing range of emotions. Richie, I don't know if you saw this, from the yeah. Tunisians towards the end of the game. So all the subs are gathered around watching the Australia game. As soon as it goes full-time in the Australia game, they're out, really, you know, but... Uh, so they're waiting and hoping that Denmark can get a goal. They're all watching it on phones and tablets. And then there's a real sense of dejection when full-time goes. But they're still beating France 1-0, but everybody's kind of da- down. France immediately score. Mm. Griezmann scores, and there's a big celebration for France. You think it's a goal. There's no even sense of offside from it. Then no. VAR pops up. It's a bit, it, they're much quicker decisions than they are, than we're used to, but still, it took a second or two. The ref had to go to the monitor, I think, didn't he? And go it was, back it, he, had, he had to go to the monitor because it was an element of interpretation. Basically, when the ball was floated in from a free kick, I think it was, mm. Griezmann was certainly offside. I think where the interpretation rolled into it was that there was a half clearance from a Tunisian head. Yeah. So you're wondering whether that opened up another phase, phase of play, exactly, whether that would yeah. render Griezmann on side, which he would have been in that instance. But the referee decided that there wasn't enough on that header to warrant a new phase of play. So Griezmann was deemed offside. The yeah. worrying aspect. And then that, sorry, but just yeah, a, that bit of delay meant that there was a little bit extra drama. So when it was disallowed, the Tunisians were suddenly delighted again. And there was a real sense of like, do you know what? We're beating France here in the World Cup yeah. and we're still getting this much. And there was, it, it it took away the kind of dejection that they'd had two or three minutes before when Australia went full time and they just were able to enjoy beating France for beating France. And when you think of the history of the country of Tunisia, and everything that goes with that and yeah. history and politics and stuff like that that's a class moment for them and I think that's a really good World Cup story today good way to go out of the World Cup yeah. if you have to and I think six of their team today as well were, were born and, and raised in France as well and basically were uh, brought over on, on parent and granny rules so like that adds to it on top of that too mm. uh, the worrying aspect from, from an Irish perspective you have to turn everything obviously I guess uh, almost in the way that England usually do with tournaments like you look at Denmark and you look at Wales over the past 24 hours and they're teams that I guess we've probably measured ourselves more closely against given the frequency with which we've played them over the past few years. And like I'd still worry that as bad as Denmark and Wales have been in this tournament that we're probably not even as good as them. So it kind of shows what we would have been up against had we in another fanciful world qualified for this World Cup. It would have 
put us in pretty stark relief against the rest of the world because everybody else is seemingly improved and we ain't. Yeah, I've had that same thought, I must confess. Let's start the news round then. It is brought to you as ever with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent Mo. You can sign up or donate now at Movember.com. So, World Cup. Yeah, Argentina need a win tonight if they're to avoid a first group stage exit from the World Cup since 2002. Lionel Scaloni has made four changes from their win over Mexico for tonight's game with Poland. Among them, goal scorer from the last game, Enzo Fernandez, starting in midfield. In defence, Cristiano Romero is in for Lissandro Martinez. Poland need only a draw tonight, let's remind ourselves. Well, Mexico and Saudi Arabia both need to win their encounter in Lusail if they're to go through. A draw there would allow Argentina pass through instead those games as I say both kicking off at 7pm 10-11 minutes deep and no goals as of yet as you mentioned Australia have reached the second round for just the second time in their history a goal from Matthew Leckie saw the Socceroos beat Denmark 1-0 at the Al Janoub Stadium Australia finished as Group D runners up behind Group winners France the defending champions beaten as we mentioned 1-0 by Tunisia and had that last gasp Antoine Griezmann goal ruled out by VAR Messi, it was almost a carbon copy of the goal he scored over the weekend, received the ball from the right-hand side, standing 25 yards from goal, and there was almost this sudden Polish recognition. My God, we've seen this before. So they all rushed out to stop him from shooting, and he dribbled around two of them and got a shot away, which was saved at the near post, and out for a corner. Yeah, so mm-hmm. still nil all between Poland and Argentina, you, 11 minutes on the clock. Do you mind indulging my... Uh, uh, kit fancies around this World Cup. I know I probably talk about it a lot. You're on a short leash, am I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just say like you know I'm a traditionalist at heart. I enjoy a all blue, all dark blue Argentina away kit, and I think this is a particularly nice version ah. of it. And I think this this match looks lovely. I have to say, if you're going to go traditional, it has to be uh, royal blue and black shorts. I mean That's traditional like post Italian ninety, I suppose. Still not. I think they had one in 2014 that was pretty similar to just blue and black. Yeah, it was actually 2014. But yeah, I don't know. I can't. This is like just all purple. I can't get on board with all purple. Looks like a Real Madrid away gear. It's not a million miles away from the kit they wore against England in 1998. Yeah, that, that's that's yes. my first thought for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Diego the worst Simeone. of those well, is um, <laughs> uh, Belgium. Belgium have ruined a nice kit with flames that makes them look like they're wearing. I don't know if you're all familiar with Guy Fieri who presents like diners, drive-ins and dives and uh, sundry other Food Network products. So basically he's one of these people that would wear a black shirt with flames Richie, licking up it. Richie, this is it. This is the last straw. You have to come back. I don't mind your line not working. I don't mind your video not working. But <laughs> if you're going to tell me that you're sitting at home watching the Food Network all day, you have to get back into the office, pal. You have no idea how much Food Network I watch on any given day, Mick. It's, uh, it's a sickness. Although not at the moment because they switched to almost all Christmas programs and they're no use to me really to be honest I need more Man V food diners, drive-ins and dives that kind of thing this is why we don't talk jerseys <laughs> <laughs> so we'll push on Pele it's not good but it's certainly not emergency that's the wording yeah his daughter has confirmed that Pele has been admitted to hospital but says there is no emergency crucially the 82 year old is battling colon cancer and had a tumour removed in September of last year it's reported he's being treated for general swelling he had posted a video actually prior to the World Cup uh, saying that he was in rude health and looking for everybody to enjoy the tournament so this is uh, certainly a setback but not an emergency as his daughter confirmed this afternoon uh, Rog has looked at the glorious white English tracksuit. He's even run his fingers along it, but we're uh, seeing reports from France that he's staying put. 
Might have even circled the rose on the chest as well, Joe, but he said no. Ronan O'Gara looks set to shun the chance to coach England. At least for now, the La Rochelle head coach had been heavily linked with the Red Rose job after a disappointing 2022 for Eddie Jones. However, according to Midi Olympique, a fresh three-year deal has been drawn up for O'Gara at La Rochelle and now just needs his signature to make it official. O'Gara met with La Rochelle President Vincent Merling last week to discuss his future and, of course, his recent disciplinary issues which have seen him banned for a total of 16 weeks this season. They're second in the top 14 and four points off to lose at the moment. Generally, he has spoken as someone who very much wants to respect any contract he signs. Yeah. Because I was about to say, well, let's see what release clause is in there. And if England or if Ireland come calling, then away I go. But he has thus far in his career anyway been a man who signs the contract and stays for duration. Yeah, it feels like at least in terms of the intent that this is the, this is a decision that he's made to stick where he is for now and do another cycle. Do, I, suppose, I, I presume the entire game goes in the in the World Cup cycle now. So even though it's irrelevant to La Rochelle, it's that's how all coaches will be monitoring so. these things. Yeah, so it's like do another few years. I suppose it turns out winning a Heineken Cup, uh, you know, holds more sway over being banned for sixteen weeks. In terms of La Rochelle's thinking, yes. they probably they, they want the success. Okay, yeah, I understand where they're coming from. It's probably quite rightly in no rush to get to the international. He's a sphere. young man, like if he's it, a young if, coach. Yeah. Look at Warren Gatland, like you know what I mean. There's a there's a good old career in this for you. you yeah, know? I would think he's mapping it all out. So another few years at La Rochelle, then you do the international job, and if it doesn't go well, or if it does go well, you still have to. You're trying to, I, I would think, as you map it all out. On the one hand, balance your highest ambitions, and on the other hand, saying to yourself. I want to get to 60 and have gainful employment. Mm. And I think that's what he's... Yeah, and I'd say I'd say Raj would love to be Ireland coach. Like, and why wouldn't he be? That's what he should be in the in, in the game for at the moment. But, like, I don't... I never got the impression from him that he's in any rush to come back to Ireland in terms of, like, you know, I think him and his family are, have, are enjoying life in France at the moment. And you have to consider that as well. You know, you've got a young family uprooting... Every, like, this is a, the life of a coach sometimes can be uprooting everybody and off you go every couple of years he's got a bit of stability there now as well he's able to plan for the next few years you have to put that you know put that into perspective of like you know your kids and schooling and all of this this is you want some at least medium term planning in your life as well even outside of your professional uh, ambitions not to overset the mark I don't know anything about his family situation but I would think the kids are of an age where education they're reaching crucial years where you want to give stability and all these things go into any decision Uh, meanwhile and this is quite something Mm. It really would appear that come the World Cup next year, when Ireland plays Scotland, John Cooney might well be the Scotland number nine. Uh, certainly seems it, yeah. John Cooney is considering switching his allegiance from Ireland to Scotland. The Ulster scrum half made the last of his 11 Ireland appearances in February of 2020. Cooney qualifies for Scotland through his father and under World Rugby's eligibility rules, he's allowed to make a switch three years after his last international cap. And of course, that rolls around in February. That would render him available for Gregor Townsend as soon as the second month of the year. And of course, in time for the Rugby World Cup, Cooney told the BBC that he needs to ensure his Ulster contract would allow such a move and says his father would be immensely proud if he did play for Scotland. This is quite something. We'll talk about it with Gordon Darcy and Fiona Hayes later on after eight o'clock. There is definitely a sense, and there has been for some time, that something is awry with John Cooney and the international setup. Mm. That if you just take his play on the field, he is in the top two certainly three scrum halves in the country yeah. and yet he's never been a part of the fold and I think the coaching ticket have done so well and have so much credit in the bank that there's a degree of well you guys know best and we're not privy to everything we'll trust your decision but it's uh, very striking that he could end up playing against Ireland 
this uh, residency rule, if you're not au fait with it. Uh, this was generally talked about as being of, of huge help to the Pacific nations in due course, where you'd have former All Blacks with strong roots in Fiji or Tonga or Samoa going back after three years away from international rugby and playing for those uh, nations, and it would be good for the game. So Cooney has 11 Ireland caps, hasn't played in three years. Uh, his exact quotes were, you tell me if this sounds like he's heading in one direction or not. <laughs> I'll make the decision on my own terms and whatever I feel is right for me. Half of my family live in Scotland. My dad's a proud Scotsman. I can see other people's perception of it, but they're generally people who have no connection or affiliation to another country. Uh, I can see both sides of the conversation. He's talking here about, I suppose, the sense of controversy, for want of a better word, about somebody with 11 caps moving to a different country. I can see uh, both sides of the conversation, but I won't be listening outside. Either way, I know my dad would be immensely proud if I did play for Scotland. Mm. Yeah, no, it does sound like he's definitely at least... Are we going to regret all this? I I don't know. He feels like he's someone that's uh, slipped through the net. I think he makes a good point about people not understanding it. I mean, I don't know if we would have understood it in the past, but we've been around the game long enough in the Irish football team to have talked to enough people over the years to... I think understand the real feeling of dual nationality that people might have, not necessarily the likes of Kev, who's only ever felt Irish, but there are people that will have grown up kind of feeling a bit of both. And I, I, I think that's a fair point that he makes that probably not enough people are considering in this. But in terms of rugby, Ireland have let someone slip through their fingers a little bit. And, you know, as you said, we don't really know the reasons why. Yeah. And they do confound people a little bit. And I think, I think you're right. I think if things weren't going as well, I think John Cooney would be a big, big talking, talking point. point. Gibson yeah. Park has done so well. Craig Casey's up and coming. You still have Murray there, so there's ample supply. There's ample supply. He's 32 as well. Like yeah. I don't like it's it, it's it's not a great look for Ireland to see somebody who's performed so brilliantly. I think for Ulster, I don't think anyone would dispute that. Uh, to to look elsewhere, but like, the, like you have to look at the factors. Is that we're well stocked at scrum half, yeah. like and we are. Um, he's 32, and if he wants to go and pursue other options, that would mean a lot to him as well. Yeah. by all means let him I don't think it's a disaster I don't think it's uh, you know worth lingering on too long if he wants to pursue international rugby elsewhere uh, fair play to him yeah because I mean, I mean Mickey used the phrase there let him slip through fingers it's been a willful opening of hands away you go you know it hasn't been yeah. asleep at the wheel anything but uh, I do look forward to if he has a vengeful streak to his celebration in front of the coaches box <laughs> <laughs> next year yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I feel this will come back to bite us. Like, can he play in the World Cup? Oh yeah, he can play. This is February. like you know oh, we're in play Six yeah. Nations. This is like this is Ireland's group in the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, there is a certain uh, get him back in the squad. Scent of destiny off this already, isn't there? And it's Cooney. I'm very worried. Ireland about are out of the World Cup. I'm very worried Stop. about John Cooney. Is a very dangerous <laughs> rugby player as well. I know. Like, you know scores it's a try. Like, yeah. 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 What odds on Cooney to score winning try against Ireland World Cup 2023? That's the have we, have we already beaten South Africa at this stage, have we? Ah, God, yeah. No, I think South Africa feel they'll beat us. I know. I think Razi is sitting at home very happy with the Irish situation. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, thanks for grimming us all out here, Joe. Uh, John Cooney to score a winning try to knock us out in the group stages. Be a story. <laughs> I think it might make a if few headlines, all right. That'd be an awkward post-match press. Might knock Roy Keane off the top of the show. Yeah. So, um, interesting news for the Women's National League. Significant news, Rich. 
Yeah, professional contracts for women's National League players are to be introduced ahead of the 2023 season. The FAI has confirmed the pro contracts will be awarded to players from the start of the registration period, which is tomorrow. It means the professional WNL players will be the subject to the same standard player contract and minimum wage regulations as the men's players in the League of Ireland. The FAI say the clubs competing in the WNL will be under no obligation to offer those professional contracts that will suit their circumstances. Meanwhile, Shamrock Rovers have signed former P-Mench United striker Alana McAvoy ahead of their WNL return. Yeah, Rover's making lots of signings and uh, the word seems to be more to come and may not be the last P-Mount player to hit Shark Rover. So I, I don't know how popular their arrival in the league is, has been with their uh, fellow teams, but they're certainly showing intent, that much you can certainly say. Yeah, Honey um, O'Gorman's already gone and, yeah, and there'll be more. Be like they do, like, yeah. they, like, to be fair, they do need to create a squad pretty much from scratch. Yeah. Uh, so they would have had underage teams, certainly, but they need to create a senior squad from, from pretty much scratch. So uh, Collie Whelan's doing uh, pretty much that. Or, and our Collie O'Neill, sorry, is doing that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a small enough pool and mm. I, I suppose they will butt heads with, with several other clubs as they look to put together what will be undoubtedly a fairly competitive team. Yeah, I think p are saying stay away. Uh, so GEA are trying to get very, very serious about discipline. Yeah, a five-year ban is being proposed at the serious end of the scale for GEA members who breach association discipline. A maximum suspension may come into place for assaulting or striking a referee or match official. Among the other submissions, the Central Hearings Committee may also double bans if appeals are based on procedural or technical arguments which are frivolous or vexatious. Uh, it's being proposed for counties and individuals to more readily accept punishments. The new proposals will go before Congress in February. Nothing wrong with any of it. I just, I, I still don't really understand why the Gardaí are never a bigger part of this. Oof. You know, um, I'm not like, I mean, for for certain incidences, obviously, um, I just think that that's, <laughs> you know, that's how we stamp it out. It needs to be almost outside the GA, but the GA can should obviously do all they can in the meantime. A few uh, quick texts to round off the news round. International rugby a joke. One day you're Irish, the next you're Scottish. It's like transferring from one team to another, says Connor. You won't be the only person who, whilst you respect dual nationality, will have a problem with somebody having 11 caps for one country and then playing for another. I think that is uh, unique to rugby in what of respects. It? What no, well, it's not going to be anymore. It's not going to be like in soccer, certainly. Um, the Declan Rice issue, if you want to call it that, is going to crop up because there are similar rules in international football which say that basically after your final cap for another country, and this is what I know a lot of people were worried about with Michael Abafemi is that there was such a gap between caps that he would open himself up. I can't remember if it's five years. Uh, I think it might be in international soccer that you can go and play or trade for another country. But there are so many people out there and they're like, look at the Williams family uh, playing at the World Cup for Ghana and for Spain. Like There are so many families out there that do have dual nationality about them. And if this is an option open to them, then so be it. I don't think, I don't see why people get knickers in a knot uh, about it. Yeah. I can sort of see it. I think it is odd to be playing for two countries. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, it's nothing to do with John Cooney. I mean, best to look to him. Mm. Hope he goes and has a great career. It's just the rule change. I think the rule change more had the Pacific uh, countries in mind. And should should we be thinking five years rather than three in the same way as they changed the uh, residency naturalisation rule. residency Maybe. rule from Maybe. three to five? Maybe. To stop it out, to, to take it out of play as a tactic. Maybe. I haven't looked into this enough, to be fair, so I don't really know. I'd say Eastern Asewa, probably thinking, bloody hell, where was this rule for me? Yeah. 
Uh, John Cooney can place kick two, which might be crucial during the World Cup. Surely he's in the top three scrum halves in the country. Very odd he hasn't been picked in the last three years. He's gone in Limerick. Masterful stroke by Raj. England, Aladrico and Biarritz when negotiating a new contract. Doesn't do any harm to be seen with a rich suitor. I, I'm sure it didn't hurt. Conversation <laughs> <laughs> with Rochelle. Uh, lads, Richie can't say much about jerseys after Bo's home jersey last season. Looked like something your gran knitted in the 70s. Says Sean in Tala. New well one, said, uh, funny that, well funny said. that. Lovely new one launched just yesterday as well with a, a lovely tribute as well to uh, deceased uh, supporter Derek Monaghan, Mono, as he was known to all and sundry around Daily Mint. So, uh, yeah, thank you for the reminder, Sean. Good. We are out of time. Richie, thank you. Thanks, lads. Michael, thanks very much. Cheers, lads.